Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed. I'm the father. And I'm Jacob Reed, the son, and we're your hosts. All right, Dad. Well, this is the finale episode of season one of the Vittles and Vitals podcast. I didn't even know we had seasons. That's exciting. I know. It's really exciting. We're just going to do a yearly season like every other thing in this world. But... With this being the last episode of the season, uh, and New Year's is right around the corner, this episode should drop like two days before New Year's, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to dive into some New Year's resolutions, some really interesting facts about New Year's from around the world. That's brilliant. And all... And vital. And vital, because it's such an important holiday. Eh, it's a... I don't know if you could call it a holiday as much. You get days, times off. It's a for day it. off, yeah. So I call it a holiday. Yeah, it's close enough for a holiday. Well, we'll see in a minute as we talk about the different cultures that have different days. It's not just important in in America to have mm-hmm. a day off. It, it's a, it has uh, various importance around the world. So yeah, we'll, no, we'll for sure, everybody celebrates it. A lot of people celebrate it a lot of different ways. But and I think it's overall, you can say it's a really vital thing for a lot of people, and a really key part for a lot of people. Here in the United States, are resolutions right? Kind of the fresh start. Mm-hmm. So you're ending an, a year, maybe wasn't your best year. You know what was it? Uh, in the friend song, it's like hasn't been your day, your month, your week, or even your year. You know, and like you know, maybe you haven't had the best year, or maybe you had a great year and you're on the up and up, and you're ready to hit it hard next year. So people are looking for a new start, as you said, 365 days to try to hit a new goal. But, fun fact, most people have the exact same resolutions. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. Uh, I did some research, and the most common resolutions are, these are the top 10, are losing weight and getting fit. Ching. Quit smoking. Oh, I haven't had that one. Learn something new. Eh. Eat healthier and diet. You've definitely had that one. Get out of debt and save money. Yes, that's definitely in the on mine this year. Uh, spend more time with family. Travel yeah, not to, so much. We spend a lot of time <laughs> uh, with our family. Uh, travel to new places. I think we've kind of knocked that one out a couple times. Done that, yeah. Uh, be less stressed. That's a like really that common one. one. That would be a down, great but one. I like it. Uh, volunteer, and then drink less, like alcoholic beverages. Okay, yeah, the drinking, the smoking is kind of. Not a big deal. Yeah, I feel like that's a us, that's a but... slightly more honed on one. Uh, I know for sure that I think at least everybody has had lose weight and get fit and eat healthier at least once on their resolutions list. I know they I've had. They kind of go together. Yeah, they kind of go together for sure. Another interesting part of that is that we are absolutely awful at keeping those resolutions. Um, this I can tell you. Yes. A journal of cynical psychology uh, did a study. Oh, wait. Cynical psychology? I said or clinical. I said clinical, didn't I? No. I don't know. <laughs> cynical psychology. I like psych- the idea of a journal called cynical psychology. I mean, if based off the survey, <laughs> it's kind of cynical, but it says that only 46% of people will successfully complete their news resolutions, which is honestly. That sounds high to me, it, actually. It was a little high, but I mean, if you think about it, maybe most people have. What do you consider like a successful resolution, though? Because I mean, yeah. if most people are like, I'm going to exercise more. And they exercised four days in 2018, and they worked out eight five days. Di- yeah. yeah, five they days, eight it. days. Like, <laughs> you improve that, or I'm going to eat healthier. I yeah. ate a salad, but I drowned that sucker in ranch. 
Yeah, I read one time, I, I wish I had the exact stats, but you'll get the idea where the the thing about going to the gym, you know, everybody goes to the gym, it's so crowded in January, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they talked about uh, how as the um, gym attendance declined that the fast food people were going more to fast food so like as you watch like in february maybe you'll see a sharp decline in gym attendance and a sharp increase in fast food consumption that is a really interesting thing i mean it makes sense because a lot of people are going back to those old habits and especially here in the united states we are just so infatuated with fried foods and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that you know that gym sucks well that was actually one of my resolutions i was just looking back at at one of my food columns and in 2018, one of my resolutions was learn to fry. And what I really wanted to do was just learn to fry chicken because mm-hmm. I had I love fried chicken. It's delicious. But I haven't, I had never really done it myself. So I finally, I think it was like maybe December the 20th in that year when I actually said, oh, shoot, I didn't, <laughs> I haven't learned <laughs> I didn't learn how to fry. So I actually fried a couple batches and it turned out okay. But I noticed one of the other funny things I wrote was learn to fry like a carnival. And so I wanted to get my deep fat fryer, which I have, mm. and learn I how to. We have that thing. Yeah, but the funny part, I said, uh, you may remember this. I had some Cadbury eggs, and I dipped them in batter, and I fried them. And what I wrote about it, I don't remember this specifically, but I said some of them came out over easy, so I need, <laughs> I need to work on that. I vaguely remember <clears throat> eating one. I could not tell you how they went. They were actually they were. pretty good. It was yeah. just kind of a weird thing to yeah. fry. Sometimes you can fry some things and you think it's going to be a good time and it doesn't quite work out, yeah. but enough about that. That's not a re- New Year's resolution. To we're trying to, to eat healthy here, but well, I mean, that's yeah. I, I guess that falls under learning a new skill. Maybe I need to buy an air fryer. Hey, I have a lot of people that speak wonders about that. And another key thing that I found really interesting is that we all know those like three people. They're like, I don't set New Year's resolutions because I'm above it. I know I'm just going to break it. I'm not like the other 95% of the world. You know, everybody knows that person. So according to this study, they're called non-resolvers, which is a really (laughs) dark sounding term. It is. But these are people who don't make a New Year's resolution, but they typically kind of have a goal in mind, something they mm-hmm. want to do. They which, just don't declare it. Yeah, they just don't declare it, but it's a resolution. But those people, only 4% are capable of reaching that goal. Huh. And there's actually kind of a reason why. So it seems, just in a general case, that the top reasons why people don't fulfill their New Year's resolutions are they're either too big of goals, so you know they go from not exercising at all, period, to like, I'm going to go six days a week. Like, that's just not sustainable, and that's really, really hard. Right. John Acuff, if you read any of his books called, like, Finish and Do Over, um, maybe I'm trying to think, Start and Finish. He's got a bunch of books. In, yeah. But Finish really is the book about goal setting, and I would highly recommend that to anyone who's trying to do it. But he talks about that, breaking up goals into manageable mm-hmm. pieces and cutting them in half and things like that. So. Yeah, so, and th- this study had a lot to say on that as well. Uh, the second one is is that there's just no accountability Mm-hmm. So people will say, I'm going to, and like when I lost all that weight, one of the reasons why I personally think that I was successful, what, two years ago was because I would text you like, hey, I am down 10 pounds on the scale. And you'd be like, hey, that's great. What have you been eating? Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of accountability back and forth. Yep. And it shows. It was mostly me keeping you accountable. Yeah, but I mean, I I, <laughs> I needed, didn't really lose anyway. Yeah, but most people when they declare a resolution, they don't have that sort of accountability. They just kind of declare it, and then no one's checking. It's it almost up on like it. they're resolving not to have a resolution. So in a sense, they did Ooh. have a resolution. 
Wow, that was some dizzling Sneaky. circular logic right there. And then uh, the final. <laughs> I'm about to catch that up. Princess Bride. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Don't mind fi- me. The final one is uh, most people quit. Uh, whatever their resolution is, after a couple days of missing. So, you know, you always heard this too. It's February. You've done really, really well with your gym routine. You know, mm. you've been going three days a week and it's all good. And then all of a sudden, like, a deadline hits. And you're like, oh, gosh, I can't go to the gym today. So you miss that day. And then you miss another day. And you're like, ah, oh, I missed two days. I'm not going to go third. And then it slowly builds up, builds up. And you may go back once, twice, just to make yourself feel better. And eventually, you're just going to lose that habit that you built up that first month, and then you lose them. Yeah. So that was kind of the uh, the big things that I saw uh, in my research. Uh, another really cool little interesting thing I found is that for the South, the number one resolution in each of those states was to save money, which was really interesting compared to like the Midwest and mm-hmm. more, let's just be honest, the South is a less affluent kind of area okay. Of, okay. of the world. That kind of stuck out to me, you know, with the Midwest and all that, you have a lot of people that are middle class and a lot of them were like losing, losing weight, exercising, you know, things that if you have a little bit more money, you can pay for a gym membership or you can afford mm-hmm. healthier food. But in the South where we deal with a little bit more poverty, we have a lot more people focusing on, I'm trying to save money. Okay. And I think it's kind of like we're just trying to make ends meet down here. So I thought that was a, yeah. a really, really interesting thing. Any thoughts? Well, I'm just kind of curious about your New Year's resolutions. Ah, so my... Uh, if you have them, or are you yes. a non-resolver? No, no, I... Or do you I, have more fun facts before we get into personal? The fun facts that I kind of have left were just little tips and tidbits to successfully meet three resolutions that I think are good for people. As far as tips to try to eat better, my first one would be don't diet. Study after study after study has shown that while diets may help in the short term, you know, you may lose a lot of weight really, really fast. Most of the time, it's not sustainable because diets will make you notice food more. They release hormones that make you hungrier. And your body will start to store calories as fats. So when you're starving your body of certain foods, your body enters into this kind of weird stasis where it kind of tries to suck in calories. Yeah. Okay. That's what they say. And I think I a, think a lot of that is vocabulary too. I mean, diet is what you eat. I mean, it's not just a Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking I, about specific I think, like I think fad I'm t- diet. Yeah, fad fad diets and you know, or like you're going from a, a relatively normal diet to you're cutting out 95% of what you eat and then you're like your body's like <gasps> Yeah. You could probably find studies that would that would say exactly the opposite. Of some of those things too. Yeah, but a, but a lot of <laughs> most of the studies say that you should start with small changes, and start moving to a healthier overall eating habit than a fat I can diet. Get behind, I can get behind that. So okay. it's not. Don't try to make a. I think with like the whole thirty, they're kind of like this as well. You know, you you cut out the things that you you do you don't need, and then keep the stuff that you do. Right, right, right. Then things to start exercising more consistently. Start small and safe. If you haven't exercised in a while, don't go in and start bench pressing 100 pounds. And then one thing that they said that I thought was really interesting was to give yourself a a small reward after working out. So maybe a piece of chocolate or something just to start associating your brain. A winter mint ding dong. A winter mint ding dong. But one, not two, (laughs) not the the pack. Not the pack. (laughs) But just something to start telling your brain that exercise is is a good thing. So you're rewarding yourself for exercise. 
Well, I've got a bag full of candy I got from my stocking, so I should be able to reward myself all year long. Yes, and the big one with exercise, if you miss a day or two, don't hop off the wagon, keep going. I think that's big, too, whether it's eating or, or exercise. If you fail, don't do as I do, which is, well, if I fail big, I might as well fail really big, and let's go eat more ice cream and more cake and more winter mint ding-dongs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, get back on the wagon if you fall off. Yeah. And then my final one, which I think is a resolution a lot more people should have, is reading more. Because I think that we kind of focus on the physical aspects a lot. Sometimes our mental aspects decline a little bit. That's right. And you can read a lot about other things on top of that. The big ones they had was always have a book on hand if possible. You know, when you're sitting at home, don't have anything to do. Don't pick up your phone, pick up a book. If you're in the bathroom, pick up a book, stuff like that. Uh, Stephen King recommends reading five hours a day. Wow. Most people can't do it, but the reason he can is that's is, his job. Is that's his job, but also somebody saw him in line for a movie theater. He read until the movie started, and the second the movie stopped, he started reading again and like walked mm. out of the theater while reading. Huh. He just always has a book on hand. And then one that really helps me a lot is I like to read 15 minutes or more before bed because it helps reset your body, but also you can knock out a ton of books that way. Just True a little bit out of a time. What are your 2020 resolutions? Well, I don't have a bunch, but uh, I have written down some things. And instead of frying this time, I want to learn how to bake bread. And here's kind of what I do. I will like buy the equipment I need. I'll get this grand idea and buy the equipment that I need for stuff. And then like a year or two later, then I actually use it. So last year for Christmas, I think with some Christmas money, I bought a nice uh, baguette pan. It's got little holes in it and things and Hold up. We have a baguette plan? We have a, not a baguette plan. A baguette pan? We have a plan to make baguettes with our baguette pan. Yes. I have a baguette That's pan. That's news to me, pan. <laughs> pan. So anyway, so yeah, I've got the pan and I was inspired by uh, our friend Kathy Curtis. She told me one day that she had made some French bread. I'm like, I need to do that. So I bought the pan, have not made the bread. Because, you know, I'm always on kind of low carb vibe. Yeah. And I... I so I don't think about bread a lot, but I really want to learn to make it because we have this great egg and uh, boiled egg and uh, feta sandwich that we eat a lot and it's Ooh. the best on a baguette. So yeah, I'm going to learn to make baguettes. I am going to also, I'm not going to say I'm going to lose weight, but this year I had a goal of getting into a certain shirt by uh, mid-October mm-hmm. and I, I almost did. I actually got into it like two weeks later. Hey. Uh, so I did get to wear that shirt one time, but then now I can't. Yeah. So I have uh, some pants and I have a shirt that I want to be into by the fall. So instead of looking for a specific number of pounds lost, I'm looking to get into these clothes. So that's a good way that's to a think good about way. it. And then I didn't do, um, I was hoping to read 50 books this year. I didn't quite get there. So by the time New Year's comes along, I'll be really close, maybe 47, mm-hmm. 48. I'm taking some very short books on vacation with us <laughs> zoom, next zoom, week. Zoom. So if I can get through 50, maybe. But I want to definitely um, read 50 books next year. And I want to increase the number of books that I read. Okay, so I, I noticed that I read a lot of books like I, that I bought or borrowed or mm-hmm. got from the library this year. But I have so many books that I already own that I haven't read. It's true, So folks. I'm going to try to read more of those this year. So bake, read, get into pants. Sounds like a good, that's, that's pretty much the good all-around group. Uh, so with me, I tried to set one goal for my mind, one goal for my body, and then one goal for my spirit. Ooh. I know. It sounds deep. It sounds a lot deeper than it actually is. Uh, so for my mind, my goal for this year was just to read more. 
I didn't really set a limit, but I will end up knocking out 40 books for this year, which I think is relatively respectable for the amount of time I have in the day. So the goal for 2020 is going to be 45 books um, because I definitely had some times where I would just sit and watch TV all day where I really could have knocked out a book. Uh, So that is kind of, I think it's reasonable. It's a smaller goal for me just bumping it up a little bit. So that's the first goal. Uh, for my body, I want to try to shoot for about three days of working out or exercise per week. So schedule is going to allow it for the at least the spring semester. So trying to hit the gym three times a week, get exercise there. And if I have to miss a gym day, maybe going out for a ruck or taking a short jog, something like that, just to keep my body going. Don't really have any weight loss goals or anything. Just keeping good exercise going. And then for my spirit... I want to try to have a very like set aside and intentional like time of just prayer. Typically, I pray with my quiet time, I pray at the end of the night, I pray during the day, but like I want a, a set aside time where I can go to a quiet place and just pray with the Lord for like 30 minutes and then but have it actually scheduled in to my week, not having like, oh, I'm going to do it random times like Tuesday at 4, like no one's going to take that time but the Lord. So that is my my goal for my spirit. Okay. So one of the things I found out, I was, you know, we think about New Year, we think about New Year's Day, we think about New Year's Eve and the mm-hmm. Rock and Eve celebration and the apple dropping and all that, the ball dropping and all that kind of stuff. But it's not just January 1st that, that is a new year. And I'm just going to quickly run through these. And this is, again, why I think this is vital, why it's important, because it's not just the one kind of thing that we that we celebrate here in America pretty much. But there's also the Chinese or the Lunar New Year. That actually starts on January 25th, and I learned that this is going to be the year of the rat, which sounds kind of oh, yeah. Kind of like, why, why would you want to be kind of like year my of the Harry rat. Potter Patronus? You know, I wasn't too excited about the squirrel, but uh, apparently the the rat is the first sign in the Chinese zodiac cycle. I'm not not uh, not suggesting anybody get into the zodiac, but it's the rat has some qualities that is you know that are not derogatory. So yeah. um, the other one is the Islamic New Year. You know, we've dealt with this. Mm-hmm. Um, the years actually are not even the same. The Islamic calendar began, um, or at least the current years, began in 622, which was the year that Muhammad and his followers made the hijra from Mecca to Medina when they moved yeah. the, little, uh, the whole tribe over there. So that was actually, so this year is actually 1441 instead of 2019. Okay. So um, that the the year started uh, September first, two thousand nineteen. Then the next year will start August the twentieth of twenty twenty. So it was interesting because they follow the lunar calendar, mm-hmm. and so when we first went to Yemen, we were there in November of nineteen ninety nine, and Ramadan was in Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ramadan rotates. Yeah, or it didn't rotate, but it it, creep, it shifts every. It creeps up. Little, it changes bit. times. So I would look to see when it. Uh, the next one is. Next one is April. So over the course of the past twenty years, since we first kind of saw that ourselves, it's it's crept all the way back up to April. So mm-hmm. you know, in another probably four or five years, it'll be back at Christmas, which is yeah. But a cool. couple of years ago, when I was in Dubai, it was in the summer. Oh, that's and that's rough. That's yeah. rough for Muslims. Yeah. So it's it it's it shifts a significant bit. It's not like it shifts a couple of days. It shifts a month or two at a time. Actually, no. <laughs> It doesn't shift a month or two at a time. <laughs> it's taken 20 years to come through through April. We'll let people do the math at home. Yeah, please. So the other one that I came across with, came across was Nowruz. I'm probably saying that wrong, but that's the Persian New Year. Um, that will start March the 20th of 2020. 
it's day one of the vernal equinox, which I don't really know. I have no idea what that is. is. It's like the first day of spring. It's kind okay. of a way to look at it. So for Noru's the first day of the first month of the Iranian calendar. So that one actually has some interesting foods. So but, but before we get into foods, we want to do our uh, listener comment from our ratings off of uh, Apple Podcasts. And this one, the title of it is Fun and Family Friendly. Five-star rating. Thank you very much. Carmen B3. And I think I know who this is. We probably can make a solid guess. Uh, she says, because I think it's a she, I love podcasts that I can listen to with my kids while we cook. Fun stories about food are the perfect fit. So... Um, I want to give a shout out to Carson, Jude, and Janner, and uh, thank y'all for listening to us, and, and your parents, of course, too. So, in Nowruz, the Persian New Year, it says, uh, well, what I read was that family members gather around the table, and they, they basically wait for that exact moment of when the equinox hits. Mm. Um, they have a meal or a, a celebration called the Hafsin, and Sin, that's the way I say it, it's mm. spelled S-I-N, which is like sin, which is what we do in American New Year. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but it's a letter of the alphabet, like our S. So they have seven different foods that start with the letter Sin. So just real quick, Sabza, which is a wheat or barley or mung bean or lentil. And what it is, I saw pictures of this. They take those and they sprout them in huh. a little dish. So it actually looks like kind of like grass from the pictures I saw. Interesting. Uh, so that's one. One of them is Samanu, which is a sweet pudding made from wheat germ. Then there's Sinjit, and, and I'm just going to tell everybody, I'm probably wheat. butchering these, even though it, it is Arabic text, and I can read that, but I'm probably still butchering it because I wrote it in English, and I can't read it. I can't read my own writing. The, so Sinjit was a, is a Persian olive. Uh, then uh, Sarka is vinegar. Sib is an apple. I know I butchered that one. Sir is garlic, and sumac is sumac. We actually, I've had sumac Kool-Aid here from my friend Chef Marion. made sumac Kool-Aid one time. That sounds wildly interesting. Yeah, so anyway, the um, they have special foods, and we have special foods. And I know you did some some research on like some of the details on the foods that give luck. Now, I don't really believe in luck, per se. I don't think mm-hmm. you do either. But for whatever reason, those foods that you eat because of luck or fortune or whatever, they just become traditional foods. Yeah, so, for sure. So in our house, my mom, you know, come heck or high water, this is what she would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have those foods somehow, some way on New oh, Year's yeah. Day. Now, your mom, my wife, is from the north. Her family's from the north. And it wasn't that important to them. Um, just a quick story. I, when your mom and I first met, she was a vegan. Not just a vegetarian, but a vegan. And I always forget about that fun fact about my mom. I thought it was going to be, I was going to be really, you know, score some cool points. And I'm going to take her to dinner. This is lunch after church, actually to the Moose Cafe, which was the farmer's market restaurant in Asheville where we lived. And I thought, it's there's vegetables all around us. This yeah. is going to be great. So we get there and we get our iced tea, of course. And she starts looking at the menu and she looks at me and says, there's going to be bacon in all of this, right? Hey. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Ooh. So uh, we paid for our iced tea and, and went down the street to the Chinese buffet where they had the same <laughs> vegetables, but they were crunchy and without bacon. Yeah. <laughs> steamed instead of cooked for days so anyway we have adapted kind of as a family but i still try like this week we'll be in gatlinburg with her family yeah and i'll be traveling on that day and i'm not sure i'm going to get all these things but that's okay because i don't believe in luck but if i can find some i'm going to eat it so tell us about what you yeah so one that i think is a really really common one across most of the south are black-eyed peas they typically 
symbolize coins or wealth, right. something along those lines. Right. Uh, but and why? That I actually can't tell you, but I think you do. No, you told me a minute ago. Why did we look at Black Eyed Peas as having luck? Oh, I thought you were talking about why they gave luck. Oh, but there are actually two theories behind why we eat Black Eyed Peas specifically mm. for luck. Um, the first theory is that during the Civil War, when the Union soldiers were moving through the South, they would raid the food pantries or the food supplies of Confederate soldiers, and they would take everything but the black-eyed peas for some reason. Mm-hmm. I guess they didn't know how to eat them because they don't eat that up north. I think maybe so, they just kind of looked at them as as a, as maybe even as an animal food. That could very possibly... I think I've read that. Could very possibly be a thing. So, you know, the Confederate soldiers are coming and... There's pretty much only black-eyed peas left, so they eat those. Mm-hmm. Uh, another theory is... I think it was Union soldiers, though, that were coming, not Confederate soldiers. Oh, gosh. Or when the Confederate <laughs> soldiers came back to what was left of the food stores. That's what I meant. There you go. And then uh, another on the flip side is that in African-American history, when the newly freed slaves were celebrating the Emancipation Proclamation, which was signed in about January time, so right there around that New Year's, they w- would celebrate with black-eyed peas based dishes because it was one of the few foods that was available to him, probably because it was one of the only ones they can afford. So that's a really interesting kind of dichotomy between, you know, white soldiers, recently free black slaves, kind of eating the same thing, celebrating, you know, making it through another year. Okay. So yeah, so the peas and the beans represented wealth or coins. The greens, which you have mustard greens, turnip greens, or any kind of green, uh, represents folding money or dollars. And then the pork... Uh, means prosperity, and this was new to me. Yeah, I never was, was sure. This was a really interesting one to about me the as port, well. But pigs root forward, so as pigs root forward, that represents forward progress, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. And then cornbread, uh, besides just being really good with beans and greens, uh, it represents gold, mm-hmm. kernels of gold. Uh, so peas for pennies, greens for dollars, cornbread for gold, and all I was, the wealth. I think uh, for me, you can kind of hit all that in one thing. I've made this before for something summer similar. You get uh, a casserole made from grits and greens with sausage in it. And you've got your corn, you got your greens. I think I do your... remember when we had that. You, you just have to have the peas on the side, maybe some Texas caviar or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's always really corn good. corn chips. So anyway, that's, that's a, just a little recipe suggestion. So that is kind of what we do in America here. Other cultures, though, have their own. Wildly different. Some wildly me. different stuff. So... Um, in Spain and Mexico, and I, I'm going to just throw this out. I did not confirm this with any Latinx friends, mm-hmm. so I don't know. You know, it came from a generally reliable source, but we might ought to consider hiring Lauren as a fact checker. Take everything uh, we say with a grain of salt. We'll pay her what exactly we pay ourselves. But anyway, they this is cool. They eat grapes at midnight as the clock strikes. So every time the clock strikes one, two, all the way through 12, huh. they eat a grape, which is kind of like, sounds like a YouTube challenge to me. It really does, which but is really They said it took, when I, when I was reading, they said it took some took a lot of skill to do that. In Greece, they take pomegranates, throw them on the floor, and the seeds go everywhere, so that symbolizes life and abundance. I don't know if they eat the seeds or they just throw it on the floor, but that sounds like fun. That sounds really interesting. A lot of Asian cultures will eat fish uh, to celebrate the Lunar New Year, whole fish, and it said Europeans will eat fish too. The silvery scales stand for coins, though you don't necessarily have to eat the scales. Uh, Noodles, especially extra long noodles. Uh, You have a long life. Longness of life. Yeah, exactly. If you can eat them without breaking them in the middle. Uh, And then rice is about fertility and wealth. But this is my favorite. 
ring-shaped cakes, a.k.a. donuts. Hey! And it's a similar kind of thing like a wedding ring, like the never-ending circle, so the mm. uh, full circle of luck. So I, I really feel like, you know, we're going to be in kind of between Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge on the morning of New Year's Day. Mm. And I don't know that we'll get greens and black-eyed peas, but I feel like there's a Krispy Kreme in Pigeon Forge, and if we eat enough donuts for breakfast... We, we could probably make some good luck going We can us. get some good luck there. And then the opposite, what not to eat. This is, I have not read this. Before you dump into this as well. Please. We have one final one. According to the source that I was reading, the Filipino people oh, enjoy yeah. eating 12 different mostly round fruits. And the reason I say mostly round is because the source I was reading was talking about you know, apples and stuff like that. But sometimes like watermelons and pineapples can like kind of slip in because it's a mostly round fruit. Right. Uh, but that just basically symbolizes the 12 months, so they enjoy a different fruit to represent each month, which oh, okay. I thought was kind of interesting. Okay. And then, so if, if you want to avoid bad luck... Always. Lobster. Don't eat lobster because lobsters move backwards, and that could send you Positive. into setbacks in the years ahead. Chicken, same thing. Birds scratch backward, and they're winged, so your luck could fly away. Oh. So, you know, just be careful... I mean, again, we don't believe in luck. So if you want to have lobster on New Year's Day, have a lobster. I feel like that would be a really delicious New Year's Probably Day. Probably would be. Maybe have it on January 2nd. <laughs> All right, so it's time now for our flavorites. And we decided since it is sort of a New Year's... What am I saying? Sort of. <laughs> it's all about New Year's. So we're going to do kind of a quick, quick list of our five top books that we read over mm-hmm. the past year that we'll rec- recommend. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's the five best or whatever, but five books we, we would we enjoyed and would recommend. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll start it off. Uh, so my first one is Humble Calvinism. My second one is Grace Defined and Defended. Third is Ready Player One. Fourth is Just Do Something, and the fifth one is Bones, which is a graphic novel series. Okay. What about you, Dad? Anything you want to tell us about any of those? That uh, all, all of them are, are Humble Calvinism, Grace, and Just Do Something. Uh, they're all written by Reformed guys, so okay. uh, enter that with... You resolved to be more Reformed this I, year. I, I did, I did. <laughs> uh, but I highly recommend Just Do Something. It's a good one for every Christian to read. It's just basically... I think I read that one. Yeah, you probably did. But it's basically just talking about how to make decisions in a godly way without asking God for a golden fleece kind of situation. Uh, Ready Player One is maybe one of the best uh, sci-fi books I've read in a really long time. They made a movie about okay, that Okay, I, I saw the movie, yeah. If you love 80s things, they're throughout the book. Really great book. Book is better than the movie. And then Bones is my favorite graphic novel series of all time. I read almost 1,400 pages in four days because the story is just that good and it just sucks you in. So, so can't recommend be, it That'll enough. be my book this year. Okay, so my five are, uh, the first one was one that you gave me last Christmas. It's called On Reading Well by Karen Swallow Pryor, who... If you follow her on Twitter, she goes by the Notorious KSP right now, uh, which is hilarious. But it's it's a book about, she takes actually novels, some of them classic and some of them a little bit more modern, and talks about what you can learn from a novel. In other words, saying you don't have to read just nonfiction mm-hmm. to learn something about a virtue. It kind of focuses on the virtues, uh, the seven virtues. So that's a really, I was really, in, you know, I didn't even ask for that. Mm-hmm. You found, you thought that was great. 
for me, and you were correct. Another one that I finally got around to reading was called Eat More Better by Dan Pashman. He's the host of the Sporkful podcast, which is probably the podcast I've been listening to the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really unique food book. He, he goes not so much into the science like uh, Kenzie Lopez and uh, Harold McGee have some books about food science that are yeah. great, but he goes into like construction of sandwiches and you know ratios, and it's really kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting too the way he kind of I need to read that construction section and, and deconstructs things. Uh, the next one is Woke Church by Eric Mason, and it's just one. It's my book. It's exactly. It was also your book. That was one of several that I've been reading over the past couple of years. It's just kind of introducing me. Kind of I'm trying to learn about about race and, and the church and I mean, not just race in the church, but race in general. And, uh, that was a pretty much a key book in helping mm-hmm. me understand, you know, a little bit more, um, about that situation. Another one that may be surprising is the U S constitution, what it says and what it means. This is just a little book we picked up at, at the little white house, which is up around Pine mountain, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, written by James Madison and the other founders. But what it was is it was the actual text of the Constitution and then a little explanation of, of what it meant because the, the text is kind of, it's not like King James English, but there is some things that are pretty kinda, Pretty difficult to read. Yeah, so um, that was just kind of fascinating to see how the Constitution has changed because mm-hmm. you know, people throw up things that are constitutional, unconstitutional. You hear that all the time. But if you haven't read the Constitution, you may not understand. So yeah. that was that was a good book to read. And then the final one I chose was uh, Taste and See by Margaret Feinberg. This was where she took uh, like six or seven iconic foods of the Bible, say like olives or mm-hmm. fish or bread, things that pop up yeah. over and over. And like for fish, for example, she went to Israel and hung out with a fisherman who was like, I believe, fishing on the Sea of Galilee. Wow. And saw it firsthand. And then she spent time with a baker and she spent time on an olive farm, I believe. Gosh, it may be in Spain. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. where she was. But it was kind of fascinating to learn the spiritual side of, of the food yeah. and what that, you know, what we can learn from that it, it, rather than just, you know, loaves and fishes, you know, we we hear the stories, but there's a know, lot of eating in the Bible. There's more there is and there's more, you know, more to it than 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 meets the naked eye, so to speak. So Anyway, that's our flavor. So we want to thank everybody for listening. If you have enjoyed this and think others might enjoy it too, please share. And that's that's the kind of thing I wanted to add this week is we don't really advertise aside from social media. Not so word of mouth will help us a lot, get this in front of people. So five-star ratings also get it in front of people on all Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you, you found us. And uh, you can find us on the worldwide interweb at Vital, sorry, at Vital Vital Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Vittles and Vitals Podcast on Facebook, and we'd love to hear from you. This week we got a voicemail message. So if you go to the Anchor FM uh, site for the podcast, you can leave a voice message. So, And if you have an idea of a subject you'd like to hear us cover, shoot us a DM, send us a voice message. And remember, if it's vital, look for the Vittles. <laughs>